0: Schrodinger's podcast! (laughs) Edit that out. I didn't like that.
1: Oh, I I always did. Okay, good.
0: You're lucky you're in the
1: show. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know? She told me she loves me, but I. Day to you all. It's the Doom to Fail podcast. My name is Tim Dobbs, and with me, as ever, is Catherine, Kogert. Hello. And today on the Doom to Fail podcast, we are going to talk about. Through much debate, we were confused as to what to call it.
0: <laughs> digital video games. Yeah. Or games the, uh, that are on screens. Uh, uh,
1: uh, virtual life models.
0: Eh, Tetris isn't really a virtual life model.
1: Well, I don't know how you're living your life. <laughs>
0: Grocery packing. <laughs> oh, boy. Boy, that's a
1: lot of groceries. <laughs> but you know what? I really prefer the L-shaped baguettes. I don't care what anyone says. Anywho. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm playing the most ridiculous Steam game now.
0: Is it called Towns? <laughs> no. Could I tell you about Towns?
1: Uh, no. You're going to
0: love it. this. You're going to love this premise. I don't know,
1: your, your last uh, recommendation of Tiny Terror was a real bust, so...
0: Okay, tiny. I just have a passion for like eight bit games. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was so it was
1: it was gamification the game. That's all it was.
0: <laughs> tiny Tower.
1: It was like, oh, let me keep popping you up with simple tasks every five seconds and giving you <laughs> fake rewards, and I'm gonna build a series of tiered rewards so that you always feel like you're getting something, but never know what any of it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually really love those games. That's like actually just specifically for iPhones. I really like those games.
1: I mean, as far as time killers go, sure, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm I, looking I, for. My brain, like, yells about it being just, you know, like, don't you see what they're doing? And then makes it no fun for me. Are you, do, do, uh, I know you don't read short articles on the internet, but if you were to, uh, have you ever checked out the Gameological Society? It's, it's the AV Club, it's affiliated with the AV Club but it's for video games and it's so delightful and i just love like the comment it, it's it's the place on the internet where reading the comments makes everything better instead of worse like the co- the comment base is so thoughtful and they they just like to talk with each other and they always like write these very interesting things and uh oh yeah i know i think it's such a great site and it, it actually has kind of brought me back around into like caring about video games cuz i totally didn't for a while
0: yeah me neither now i graduated and i have time to care about them again so, Grant's been finally finishing up the Mass Effect series, mm-hmm. and I don't know if, how much you know about this at all.
1: Oh, well, from the Gameological Society, some. You know that, it, the, the, did the he play ending? the Citadel?
0: <laughs> did he play the Citadel?
1: Yeah, because that was like an add-on at, after the fact, right?
0: No, he did not play the Citadel. Okay. He just played 1, 2, and 3, and uh, we got to, like, I had been watching him through, like, Actually, pretty much th- through him playing all three, I had been there mm. with him, like giving him advice on which decisions to make.
1: Go through that door.
0: <laughs> you know, like a good bossy girlfriend should. Um,
1: <laughs> I wonder if Megan would enjoy watching or uh, playing video games with me more if I just said, "Like, you tell me what to do." She might. I don't. I don't know. I don't think she would. She's no. very, very against video games.
0: Oh, uh, that's fair. It's,
1: it's it's become a thing that she's you know. It's it's, it's a defining feature of her life, is that video games are dumb.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally respect that. I think sports are dumb and a detriment to society, and I think video games are much the same.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, everyone has their things. They just say, like, nope, that's a thing that's bad, and I will never be open to it.
0: Yeah, no, that's fine. Except for maybe you.
1: Mm, Yeah, well, I'm a nice guy. Unlike everyone else.
0: I think you just disproved your own thesis. (laughs) Any who's-its.
1: Nope, it's on you. It's on you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, so I had gotten as attached to him to all of these characters and crewmates he has. And through the third one, like like a lot of them die. <laughs> uh which was really hard to watch. And there was a lot of mm. really hard, very emotionally gripping death scenes. And then you get to the end, and I don't know how much you know about the end of Mass Effect.
1: I heard it was very disappointing for everyone. It
0: was deeply disappointing. And it was, yeah, it was just like this whole it was like this whole emotional build up, of course, and not only was it like a disappointing narrative ending, but it was also just super duper depressing, <laughs> which I think was a big part of it being a disappointment was it's like it was just really depressing and sad, and uh, you you just don't win, um no. type of thing, but Yeah, so it was interesting. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's really interesting that there's a video game out there where you don't win at the end. Tetris. There is no end in Tetris.
1: Except when you lose. The only way to end the game is lose it.
0: It's never ending, though.
1: Until you lose, and you will.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay, fair enough. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, anyway. Never mind, Uh, you don't understand.
1: Oh, that's gosh! You are you are just the greatest arguer. <laughs> let's let's put you up on the national debate team.
0: I never volunteered
1: for this. What? what? You disagree with me? Well, I guess you'll just never get it. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go hang out with smart, interesting people <laughs> this because is this a is really so clearly unfair
0: not. characterization of me. Tim is putting his glasses down the bridge of his nose for effect, everyone. Yeah, but that was just, like, a really emotionally taxing thing that happened. And, like, there's this whole fan theory regarding Mass Effect uh, on, like, this isn't really the ending. Their game, or, excuse me, Bioware has this whole other ending that they intended to do. And this whole ending is in the main character's mind. I don't know. It's really crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's that's uh it reminds me of Lost, the same way that people just feel like, well, this ending isn't gonna work. I'm gonna make up <laughs> my own.
0: I don't know. How do you feel about that? About like fans coping with bad endings so they do their own thing.
1: Um, you know, I mean I think that's a uh I think it's a it's it's one version of the reasonable approach, which is to kind of blink a few times, go Oh, right. None of that's real. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't let it dictate my life and then move on. Like, I mean, I think it, it's it's doing exactly that, except sort of keeping an investment in, in the characters and the ideas. So instead really of just like saying, that. like, I don't care, you say, well, that thing I just saw doesn't have to be, you know, how mm-hmm. my feelings come about it.
0: So maybe it could be like this. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really like it. And I think it breeds creativity, which is good.
1: Sure, and certainly for interactive fiction, you know, yeah. uh, as such as Mass Effect, that's exactly yeah. the sort of thing you should be allowed to do. Totally. But this, of course, comes back to our old debate about whether the author is dead.
0: I mean, <laughs> I, I'm i alive. <laughs> Are you alive?
1: Uh, well, um, there's a lot of metaphysics involved there.
0: I think, okay. Yeah, I okay. don't know. Seems like it. Let's <laughs> say there's a great, let's say Star Trek metaphor Right, the author is alive in their own parallel universe. But the fan can make up the fans, the J. G. G. Abrams of the world can make up as many parallel universes as they wish in order to uh, make the story that they want to tell.
1: Sure, it's just like quantum mechanics.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Everything's like quantum mechanics.
0: It's it's Schrödinger's author. They are both alive and dead at the same time.
1: Oh, I like this. Now this is a literary <laughs> theory I can get behind. <laughs> took us long enough
0: seriously i'm glad we finally settled that debate
1: we'll be right back or we won't be in just a moment on the booberfield podcast podcast. No, it was perfect. Did I
0: step on your line?
1: Work with it. No, 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 no. Let's work with this.
0: Okay. I didn't mean to step the on your scene. line there. scene. We actually do a full Shakespearean scene, not an entire play, just like a, a selected scene between each uh, break on the show.
1: Yeah, well, so the first break, we mm-hmm. do um, we do a Shakespearean scene. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And the second break, listeners may remember that we play a, a game A full of game
0: Brisk. of risk, yeah. A full game. Yeah.
1: That's right. Speaking of, since we're talking about digital games, so, like, how likely are you to get, like, totally addicted to something, like a game, a, vi- uh, a, a video deeply,
0: game? deeply, deeply likely.
1: Oh, There's man. a so big play-
0: reason that I've never played Minecraft.
1: Mmm. Yeah, yeah, that was my concern as well.
0: But <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not sure Minecraft is, I,
1: I I think most listeners will know, but if they don't, Minecraft is a, uh, sort of free, free roaming, oh, it's almost like Legos except inside of a computer. Yeah. And... There's, I guess there's a little more to it, like um, there's zombies that come out at night. Yeah, and, and then
0: you can collect animals. Grant's building hmm. an arboretum right now. It's really cute.
1: Oh, see, that is cute. And also, I mean, the other important thing is that people play on servers with a bunch of other people too, mm-hmm. right? So you can sort of bump into people. Yeah. I didn't um, actually
0: know that about Minecraft. I think
1: it's true. Hmm. So
0: are they just really big and that's why you have room to make your own thing?
1: I think that's the idea, okay. but I might, might be wrong. I don't know. My little brother plays. Um, he plays like mods of it that are essentially capture the flag, where it's like you have yeah. a little sword or something. And so, I mean, I know it has a, a multiplayer aspect for <laughs> sure, but I don't know. I feel like I would get bored with that. Like the same thing with with the Sims, um, where any any open world, I just kind of lose interest because I want to win. I want to succeed. Like I'm playing this thing so that I can get that that sweet adrenaline rush from winning.
0: Well, I think that's a totally fair approach to take to gaming. I mean, I just think you need to understand that that's not everybody's bag.
1: Well, no, absolutely. I was I was just curious what your, what your take is on it.
0: Um, I, uh, so I was going to tell you, this whole thing started because I was going to tell you about the game that I was playing right now, and that I said, you're going to love this premise. I now realize that you wouldn't like playing this game, but you're going to love this premise. Okay. Okay, so it's called Towns. It's on the Steam Greenlight project, and okay. the premise is is that you are like you know kind of like looking down on this town and managing this town and telling townspeople what to do, and you're building the town from scratch and you're trying mm-hmm. to get like heroes and adventurers to come and explore your dungeon. Interesting. Yes, and then you, they you explore the dungeon, dungeon and then you get like fancy some of the equipment that they don't want. Sure. And... Well, it
1: you know rising tide raises all boats. It's good for the economy yeah. when there is pull gold up from dungeons
0: exactly exactly because that goes
1: right into the shopkeeper's pocket the, the <laughs> metalsmith the, the hotelier
0: yeah and uh, i mean it's still in beta and there's a lot of things changing about it all the time which is cool because every time i log in it's like i have this new thing to play with
1: well yeah i mean that's something interesting too that's unique to video games versus many other games is mm-hmm. that like things just change and especially now that we live in the future that's just happening all the time
0: you know i think that's why a lot of board games come out with so many expansion packs now
1: Mm, because they're just used to this idea of, of like, hey, we can just keep content,
0: going. New content, new content, new
1: content. Yeah. Well, this is, the, I mean, this is the problem with uh, nearly any development project I've ever been a part of, is that you just keep going. Like, you're like, oh, this is done.
0: You just keep well, developing? But maybe it could be
1: better. <laughs> and you have all these high-pitched meetings.
0: <laughs> well! Yeah, I was thinking
1: maybe we could maybe add some features
0: <laughs> oh man Timothy! i used
1: to work for disney and just
0: <laughs> mickey mouse is a slave driver
1: oh man <laughs> um
0: no i mean but but really
1: any project uh when i've built things out of wood uh when i've you know uh, d- done chemical engineering work when when i've been programming it's always like hey it works I think it should be able to do this, too, or whatever.
0: Isn't that all part of the uh, American in- spirit of ingenuity, though? Bigger, better, faster, stronger? We can always make a better version.
1: Uh, well, Daft Punk are French, and that, um... Okay, well, faster, better, stronger. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we need to bring Kanye in on this.
0: <laughs> Kanye's American. He took a French song and did something better with it. <laughs> That's true. No, but that's
1: that's actually the opposite, right? So the the narrative has been for so many years is that um uh Americans are innovators and they create new concepts out of whole cloth. Yeah. Whereas like say the Japanese economy it was based on taking American ideas and then just making them better. Right. Um and I guess to some extent Korea as well. But but I mean so this is what they say about Japan now is like why it kind of seemed like the newest best thing in the 80s and everyone would, thought they would overtake everyone and then they kind of stagnated is cuz they got really good at doing these specific things, and now it's like, well, I don't know how much more market there's going to be for these good cars, or, you know, <laughs> whatever.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not saying like specifically, and also, uh, America by and large has stopped innovating because we've kind of been suffocating innovation.
1: Due to uh, some some local ordinances that you're not happy about. <laughs>
0: Well, what was the last we will save local to? government for another episode <laughs> <laughs> uh but no i think that okay so a lot of companies don't go public anymore your goal if you start something like a new project or a new product is to sell it to somebody else sell the business so you can move on to the next thing like nobody stays with their idea anymore
1: well sure um Listeners to the full uh, Tim Dobbs suite of podcasts will will recognize. Uh, I spoke for what people do. My job, my podcast about uh, people's jobs and how they feel about them. I spoke with an entrepreneur who, yeah, he just wants to do the first twenty percent of starting a company, and then to, like does not care about the sort of growing pains and you know whatever. Like he really likes that, and so he does exactly. That. He's a serial entrepreneur, and we see that all the time, at least here in the tech centers. Yeah. Well. Ugh. It's just the worst. Um.
0: <laughs> but I mean, I think that's a shame because, like, the person who starts the idea, I think, is the best equipped to follow through with it. Mm. Um, I think that's true nine out of ten times. And I mean, you can bring the fanciest person; your investors can bring in the fanciest person they want, um, but they still won't know it as intimately as the inventor.
1: We've 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 searched this land far and wide, and. Here's the fanciest person we can find. As you see, he has many gold rings. I he has am the a flowing cape.
0: Around. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like my top hat? <laughs> um, yeah. In addition, bring I mean- me the finest tea <laughs> from India. <laughs> In addition, there's all our issues with patent law, and I—I I mean,
1: that's a whole mess. I mean, I, I, that's I, I a whole
0: know. thing that's stifling innovation. I think, in my opinion, well, so, I mean,
1: so so this is an issue. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting deep, man. Um, this is this is issues around technology. So you've got these sort of fast turnover adrenaline junkies who are uh, working in the technology sphere because it works really fast. Yeah, you don't have to buy anything. You need a computer, and you know be able to sketch things out with somebody and uh and so i mean really perhaps all these problems are coming out of uh the technology economy because patent law has that issue too
0: yeah and i think that segues into my final point with why america is stifling innovation is that
1: (laughs) i cannot wait to see your slide deck
0: slideshow anyhow uh so like a lot of investors at least here in seattle and i'm sure in san francisco as well are really interested in like the short return like the short tech cycle for like an app or something. Sure. And so nobody wants to take a big risk on a 10-year project. Yeah. Which is, you know, what a manufacturing project needs.
1: Well, I mean, so this is this happened um with real estate, uh, historically forever. Uh, you remember our, our episode about Miami where mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like God, why do they just keep having real estate bubbles? It's like someone just needs to look in the history book for two <laughs> seconds. It just keeps <laughs> happening. It's, but, but I mean, but this is exactly what's going on is, I mean, you can't blame the investors, right? Because their job is to get quick returns. Um, And so they just look at whatever it is, whether it's real estate or technology. If there's something out there available for quick turnover, then quick turnover it is. The order of the day.
0: But I mean, somebody has to, I don't know. I don't know if I entirely agree with that, but I'm also not very sympathetic to people with lots of money to burn.
1: Mm, Well, yeah, you you and me neither. Um, But I don't know. It's hard to convince anybody to, to play the long game, really, except college students.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Well, actually, I take that back. You can convince them that the long game is important, and then generally they tend to just get jobs and drift along on the short game for a while. (laughs) But in the meantime, oh, those meetings at the student union, just so long gamey.
0: Yeah. Anyway, well, now that I've depressed myself on this topic and we've said the same things that a million other podcasts have said. uh... We'll cut this
1: whole segment out. We'll cut this whole episode out. It'll be great. (laughs) Great. Should we take a break? Uh, yeah, well, speaking of long games, uh, we have to go play our game of Risk.
0: Oh, good. Can we play Lord of the Rings Risk this time? Of course. Absolutely.
1: I, I, I believe it is Lord of the Games uh, Risk. Lord <laughs>
0: of the Games Risk Night.
1: Oh, gosh. All right, we'll be right back on the Do to Fail podcast.
0: I call the dwarven guy Gimli. That's his name. I remembered his name. I call Gimli.
1: This is our worst episode. Um,
0: I didn't like plunge bears forward,
1: very much. Forward. <laughs> bears?
0: I didn't like bears.
1: Yeah, well, I had so many stories. You had so um, many
0: stories. They were good well, stories. They were just hard to respond to. Well, you know, I have nothing problem, to top that.
1: <laughs> the problem is, uh, you know, you're, you're not a practiced toast. And also, I talk a lot. So, the two of those together, I just feel like if i have all the stories then game over yeah
0: Mm. i'm not a story-based person though no i you know i don't have a lot of story worthy weeks
1: where where does your basis lie
0: uh my basis let's see well first i assume the ideal gas law
1: On the Doom to Fail podcast, talking about video games. Darn video it, Tim! Games.
0: You won again.
1: <laughs> I always win. You know why? <laughs> I play the long game.
0: Oh, okay. I thought it was because you play the Elfie dude, the Orlando Bloom one. What's his name?
1: Uh, Orlando Bloom. I well, he was also in Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: What's his, his and his name nothing is else? Loyola. Anything else? I don't Loyola. think so. Loyola?
1: It's a a prominent university that's often in uh, basketball's March Madness. Uh,
0: What what is his name? (laughs) Lenoweth? What is his character's name?
1: That's the name of my... um, Dog? uh, The the lead character in my 1970s Woody Woody Allen movie about uh, Jewish urbanites.
0: Lenoweth. Is it his first name or his last name? (laughs) Both.
1: Well, he's Lenny Lenoweth.
0: Oh, okay. 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 But
1: I just I oh I just oh gosh I don't know how I'm feeling. My Woody <laughs> Allen impression needs some work. Um, oh, we'll get there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Have you ever heard um, the comedy Bang Bang uh, Scott Ackerman impression of Woody Allen on Entourage? I don't think so. It's pretty good. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh boy, my Woody Allen all- impression also needs some work well let's
1: let's go watch Annie Hall five or six times,
0: okay
1: uh, oh gosh, um <sighs> video games video
0: games what's the last so, game you played let's see well, so yeah,
1: this game that I'm like- w- way too internet now. I'm just kinda burnt out on is right. um it's about zombies, and uh normally I'd be like, well, zombies, I get it, but <laughs> it 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 hits all the buttons I need, which is like um it doesn't it's it's not this like Big story like uh-huh. you know, Bioshock or Mass Effect or something right. where I just feel like I need to invest sixty hours to play it. And all so. of your heart Mm-hmm. Exactly. My my heart is not for video games. Well you my don't heart... have
0: a heart, so you don't have one to invest.
1: Yeah, but I've got this great pump. <laughs> it's centrifugal and runs off solar power.
0: Uh it's a posi- oh my god, your heart isn't a positive displacement pump?
1: <laughs> yeah. Big mistake, right? <laughs> big <laughs> you, mistake. You, you really want to go P D when you uh when you go for a heart pump. It's so true. Although, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, the difference for listeners of between a centrifugal pump and a positive displacement pump is essentially, among other things, that a uh, centrifugal pump provides fairly consistent flow and a positive displacement pump uh, pushes some and then stops for a second and pushes some and stops for a second. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Without it, going like, into brutal up, details. It's
0: kind of like, um, if well, I don't even know. That was fun, nope. Tim. Nope, let's it's, call it's, that good let's enough. Let's move on.
1: Let's Okay, let's just get out of here. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe a centrifugal pump would be better for blood because it would just be a consistent flow. And maybe that'd be better for my biorhythms. You know, it would don't be you nice not bio- to have rhythms? a
0: pulse is what I'm saying.
1: Uh, yeah. Because you mean, wouldn't you,
0: have a pulse if you had a centrifugal pump.
1: That's true. You'd have just like a, a pressure, just a constant Do pressure in your veins. you think people would check
0: your, your like, heart health by sticking a mag meter in your vein really fast? <laughs>
1: Well, they have those. Um, they have those ones that can wrap around. I think they use some kind of sonic. Do you know how this works? There's, there's some you can literally wrap around a pipe, and it gives you with some calibration, it gives you the flow rate.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like it uses some kind of sonic thing, but I. Uh, let's move on. Okay. Pumps. Talking about pumps today. <laughs> um, it hits all it, this game, this zombie game hits all my little buttons because it also it provides uh, the ability to develop. So you were talking about that Towns game, mm-hmm. and it might work for me for at least a little while, because when you can build something, I'm so into it. Like, if it's just like, oh, you can make this better, I'm like, oh, I want to have the best town, or I want to have the best zombie wrecking crew, and I do. I just, oh, it's so great. And the problem for me comes around when I realize I've kind of hit the ceiling, and I'm just a destruction mm-hmm. machine, yeah. or, you know, gold collecting machine, or whatever. Yeah. I and
0: mean, then that's I just when I start a new town, at that point.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah, no, I already feel bad, because uh, with a zombie game, it has, like, modes where it's, like, a short version, a, a regular version, and a really, really extra long version. And I've already switched to mainlining the extra long version, because w- the other ones weren't long enough.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I need the 10-hour version of Zombie Killer.
0: As this A buddy of mine is playing a zombie game, and it's, like, a mod of a shooter. Hmm, that's it's, interesting. It's really interesting, and it's, like, there's very little action involved, but it's... Like, a pretty realistic, or at least movie realistic, portrayal of what it would be like to be in a zombie apocalypse. Because, like, you can shoot other players, and you kind of want to, so you can get their stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I do want their stuff.
0: And, like, eventually you start working together, but at first you just start shooting the heck out of each other.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like the Hunger Games, except with more zombies.
0: Yeah, the Hunger Games with zombies and uh, helicopters.
1: Hmm. Yeah, they had weird airships in the Hunger Games. That was an unne- un- unnecessary detail.
0: That's how you know it's another universe.
1: Uh, I think a I comedian
0: see. said that once.
1: About airships? Yeah. There's um there's a a, a trope of called zeppelin something which is like yeah, they always when to show you're in an alternate dimension, they always show that zeppelins are still in modern use.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's what I'm thinking of.
1: Comedians, huh? I Not tvtropes.org?
0: I just assume that everything I hear is from a comedian
1: it all just flows into the brain. You're a synthesizing <laughs> machine. That's what you are. <laughs> all right, did we get anywhere with this thing?
0: Yeah, we solved why America sucks at innovation. We mm-hmm. played another game of Risk and you won again.
1: Yeah, um, as I do.
0: I complained about Mass Effect and you talked about what makes you, makes you like a video game.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, all the addictive qualities. I'm I'm, j- I'm really honestly, I'm looking for uh something that is exactly as um, streamlined at just mainlining uh not adrenaline, what's the word? Serotonin. Um b- exactly as streamlined without being obvious. Fair enough. So it, yeah, oh, it has to it. it has to keep some mystery to it.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Although I did play a spreadsheet-based game once and really enjoyed it. So Of who's course you did, Tim. Ah, oh, spreadsheets are the best. <laughs> well, that's the Doom to Fail podcast on video games this week. And uh We'll be back after we spend the week trying to innovate. And until then failing. That's Catherine Cogan over there.
0: Tim Dobbs over here. Bye. Bye-bye. So
1: long Put down your phone and I'll tell you what's happening next. Honey, you're passing the test. She sees what she wants to see. <laughs>